and welcome to So Talk to Me. We are Samantha and Josh Broccolo. Hi. Hi. And this is episode 83. 83. You'll only get that reference if you've watched uh, Gentleman Broncos, which we've talked as about. As many times as we have. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe not in the first. Uh. <laughs> Might not catch it because it is kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, Gentleman Bronco, we'll start off the this episode with a recommendation. <laughs> if you haven't heard us recommend it before, because we have multiple times. Gentlemen Broncos. It's weird. It's strange. It's yeah. uncomfortable at times. But it's a movie. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it's a it's a niche movie. You mm-hmm. have to you have to like that kind of humor in order to even get it and think it's funny. So Yes, but I, I will say so it's by the same same, I guess, group people, whatever, who, who did Napoleon Dynamite. I was not a fan of Napoleon Dynamite uh, when it no, when it came that movie out. It was more fun to quote than it was to watch. Yeah, but then they made Nacho Libre, and I, I loved Nacho Libre from that movie from the amazing. moment I saw it in theaters. That's pretty much so good. Like the Broccolo family movie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And then so then the the next movie that they made was a movie called Gentlemen Broncos, and it carries with it that same just like strangely like surreal but mundane world (laughs) where everyone just seems really disinterested in what they're doing even when they're passionate i know that doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) um but it's this very super dry type of humor that we find absolutely hilarious (laughs) and the performances are great like i i think especially sam rockwell's performance i mean he hams it up (laughs) so much uh, anyways, we don't have to continue to gush about that movie. We have before. Um, it comes. It is it, it, just talking about it makes favorite. me want to watch it again. <laughs> just saying, it's my favorite. So, um, so yeah, gentlemen, Broncos, everyone, eighty three. Here we are, episode eighty three. We made it. We made it to eighty three episodes. Here, yeah, it's crazy. There we be. I say that every time, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Every week is crazy. <laughs> In the Broccolo household. How was your week? Uh, good. The only thing that has been bugging me is just my allergies, but that's yeah. been going on for a while now, so. Yeah. And now we get into the portion of the podcast where we talk about sickness. Yay. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sick. I it's know. Just I'm allergies. kidding. No, I'm actually, kidding. it's been pretty amazing. No <gasps> one's been sick for a while. Yes. It has, yeah. it has been pretty awesome. Yeah. Outside of what we talked about last week, smashing Ollie's finger, which healed up. Like, he's fine. Pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. It's fine now. Yeah, it was not broken. <laughs> Don't call CPS. Um, yeah. It, yeah. The, the, I mean, that's the closest to sickness outside of your allergies that yes. you've had. Um, and I've talked to other people. Allergies have been pretty bad. Austin is no, if you're not from Austin, dear listener. Austin is known for horrible allergies. Yeah, we don't get snow in the winter. Instead, in the spring, we get a thick layer of green all over everything. Yes. From pollen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tons of oak trees. Lovely. So there's lots of oak. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of allergens. That's what they're called. Allergens in the air. Allergens, allergens in, in the, the air. air. 
we had the same thought. That was crazy. It's like we've been married almost 10 years or something. That's crazy. (laughs) Man, oh man. Can you you imagine looking back and being like, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years? I I don't know if I see that happening. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. (laughs) That'd be weird. We have like, we'd like have our kids on. Well, I mean, I guess it'd only be 10 years. I don't know that 13 year old would want to be on. They'd probably be like, Dad, stop it. You're embarrassing me. Why do you always talk about me? That was my 13-year-old Ollie voice, by the way. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. But But you know Josie, when she turns 13, she'll act exactly the same as she does now. (laughs) Please stop. Spunky little kid. Please stop talking Uh, about that. Okay. I was thinking, one more thing that I want to say, as I was driving home today, I was thinking about our daughter, because I love our daughter. And uh, this thought crossed my mind. I was like, I'm surprised that she's not a redhead. Because she acts. How fiery she is. (laughs) Yes. All the time. She's always cranked up to 10. (sighs) She's, no, sorry, that that (laughs) sigh sounds bad. It's just... Imagine she's going to hear this years down the road. I think that, well, I don't think. I know that God has a sense of humor because he basically gave me a version of myself. A mini me Mm -hmm. for you. She completes you. (laughs) I don't even like those movies. (laughs) But she is. Like she is. A miniature bald version of you. As just kidding, she's a child. Like, That's yeah. how I was as chi- as a child. Gotcha. You were that much of a handful. Yes. Dang. Well, there we are then. <laughs> Josie is Samantha. Very child. strong-willed, very mm-hmm. opinionated, and will not sit still. Nope. For anything. So yeah. I love that girl. <laughs> she's the best. Um. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a monkey and a squirrel. She just like climbs all over everything and tries to, tries to copy her big brother or her big cousin. Mm-hmm. It's just, yep. She's incredibly independent. Like I don't. Yeah. She doesn't get sad. She gets angry. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting, especially just seeing how different she is from her older brother where Ollie will get sad or frustrated Josie just gets angry (laughs) yep like why is this not happening right now (laughs) okay well what about your week uh my week was good um couple things okay so the first thing is that uh (laughs) it's a little bit of the irony okay if you like if you like some irony mixed in with your podcasts isn't it ironic um yeah it is actually in, in this case, it certainly is. So uh, last week, you know, I talked, we talked about uh, how we're still young and, you know, I can exercise and, and be sore and feel good and everything and I don't hurt myself. <laughs> and then like the day afterwards, I, I was lifting weights and I, something, something hurt in my back. I don't even know. Well, it affected my back. It's, it's actually sort of like my, it's, it's like my hip socket. If that makes sense. And that makes me sound like 65 years old. <laughs> oh, my hips. Oh, I can't lift these weights. Um, and I think it's just too much weight too quickly. 
or something like that. Um, so I've I've been walking with pain in my hip slash lower back um, for almost a week now, and it goes it goes up and down. I haven't stopped exercising, so that probably is not helping it. Um, you might need some it, rest, maybe in some ways, but in other ways, I might not need rest. Um, so uh, I just thought it was funny and wanted to bring it up that. Guys, I'm not invincible. Uh, I, I do get hurt <laughs> from exercising. <laughs> My body falls apart, too. So that's fun. Yay. So I'm an idiot for even mentioning it last week because it happened literally the morning after we recorded the podcast. So as the podcast was releasing, I was hurting myself. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, that's the first you thing. You hurt yourself the other day. To see if I still feel that song is super depressing um okay so uh the other thing oh i just wanted to give a quick update because we mentioned it last week i did take oliver to the movie theater yeah his first movie Uh uh-huh so we get there it's this it's this small theater which i was really surprised by um the long story short i got i got some popcorn i got some soda um you know we had prepped him we had told him what to expect and we get in there and he is like uh I, I would say mesmerized but i couldn't tell if it was in a good way or not like he was sitting there in these big like the, this movie it was a nice movie theater because they had these big like uh, i guess they just had re re renovated the place because they replaced the seats with um like recliner seats, kind of the little buttons. Ooh, so they're like nice and new and leather and recliner. Uh, so he had plenty of room because my son is a scrawny little kid. <laughs> um, and so he, he sat down, you know, there's all this room and he kind of like curled up on a side of the, um, of the seat and just kind of like stared at the screen and was making this very blank expression. So, like, I thought he would be really excited, but he was very blank. <laughs> and I told him, you know, okay, we're, we're going to order our popcorn and our and our drink. Um, we went to a movie theater where you can order food and, and drinks while you're there. Um, so, I, you know, we didn't have to get it in the lobby or anything like that. Like, we... I'm pretty sure there are Alamo drafts, draft houses all over the United States. That's true. I guess there are. <laughs> so, we were at the Alamo draft house. Sorry, it's an Austin original, but you're right. It's all over the place. So, um... So, you know, I tell him, okay, we're going to order it. You know, they're going to come back with the with the food and the popcorn or the popcorn and the drinks. Like, it'll be just a second. They're, they're coming back and whatever. The whole time he's just like staring with this blank expression <laughs> as he's like kind of curled up with himself on the other side of the seat. Um, and so they, they come by, they give the popcorn and the soda. And, you know, I'm trying to get him all hyped up, like happy to be there. Cause I, I can't tell what's going through his head, except like I'm in a dark room and there's this huge screen in front of me. And so I like grab some, I, you know, kind of hand the popcorn to him and he just starts whining like, uh, uh, with this blank expression while he's staring at the screen. I'm like, Oh, crap like i i don't know how long this is gonna last we might have to leave early i don't i don't know what's going on and uh so we go we it gets to the um previews before the movie and there's a preview for toy story 4 and he sees woody and buzz and he he gets all excited and he gets all happy it's like yeah yeah yeah. and then i'm like oh crap is he thinking like we're gonna see 
Toy Story. Because <laughs> I told him we were seeing the Dragon movie. Um, but, like, I hope he doesn't freak out after this after this preview is done. Well, preview comes and goes, and then he goes back into his, like, blank-faced stare at the screen. And so I'm like, okay, well, it's better than I thought. Like, I thought he was going <laughs> to start freaking out. Um, and, and again, long story short, sorry, I'm, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but for the first, like, ten minutes of the movie is him kind of doing the same thing, wriggling around every once in a while in the seat, um, not staying in one spot, but still just like this blank faced stare. And I'm trying to like explain to him what's going on in the movie. Like, Oh man, isn't that cool? Oh, look at that dragon. Oh my gosh, it's on fire. You know, stuff like that. Uh, quietly, obviously, cause mm-hmm. we're in a movie theater and he's not responding. And I've, I, I probably offer him popcorn, like four or five times and each time he's just uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like this is so weird like I, I don't I don't know I don't know how long he's gonna be able to take it so I'm eating the popcorn I'm drinking the root beer and um eventually he like he gets pretty excited about the movie like he sees I, I can't even remember what happened in the movie but he got he got excited and you know like he gets a smile on his face finally I offer him some popcorn and he eats some, and then something clicks where he's like, oh, yeah, I like popcorn. And so I, I set the popcorn down right next to him because, again, there's all this room in this big seat that he's sitting <laughs> on. So I could just, like, plop it on the seat, um, this big old bowl of popcorn. And so, so he's munching it. He's going crazy. Um, and, and then he's just – he's all – He's loving it. He's into it. He's loving it. Totally. Because then, you know, he's like looking up at me and smiling and asking <laughs> for some root beer. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Cute. It was a good movie too. Yeah. Yeah. There's no punchline to that story. Just that he eventually calmed down. We were able to watch the entire movie. He liked it. Um, it was good. How to Train Your Dragon 3. It's a good series. If you haven't watched it. It is. Um, do like those movies. I will say, and I... St- Told this to Samantha after we got home. The third one is probably my least favorite out of all three, but that's just because the first two were so strong. Um, I think the only thing about the third movie is that the villain is not very strong. Like, he makes, he has a very menacing presence, but in the end, like, it, it it's pretty simple um, how he's taken down. Like, the second one, I felt like, Okay, so the first one, you know, obviously the dragons are the bad guys. And then the second one, um, it really felt like the heroes were up against something crazy. And you didn't know if they were going to win. Whereas the third one, they just kind of like, oh, yeah, they beat the bad guys. No big deal. It was more about the good guys' stories rather than about having a compelling villain. So that's my review of How to Train Your Dragon 3 in a nutshell. Sorry, guys. I'm done. I'll shut up now. You're staring at me like, why are you still talking? Well, at first uh, I was kind of frustrated that you kept talking about it. But then I'm like, well, you you constantly watch YouTube videos of like movie reviews and video game reviews. So like that's just sort of how your mind works. <laughs> like if someone talks about a movie like that, you, that's just the mode that you go into. So I'm like, <laughs> review okay, mode. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So I'm just like, oh, whatever. Just let him do I his guess little if review. I you have to talk about this. <laughs> Jeez. No one cares. The movie's not even in theaters anymore. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So yeah. what's our topic for today? Uh, well, it's like we talked about last week. This week we are uh, finishing up 
what we learned on our summer vacation. <laughs> or not really. Um, it was during the spring. What we learned on our vacation away from our kids. <laughs> our 24-hour vacation. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, so last week we talked about what we learned from Dr. James White. And this week we wanted to finish it out by talking about what we learned from Justin Peters. That JP. Yeah, from JP. <laughs> he's he's my buddy. He's my friend. He he said I talked to him and he said, "Hey, Josh, call me JP." <laughs> Actually, no, he looked at you right in the eyes and he said, "Samantha, call me JP." That's what it was. That That's didn't what happen. Happened. I'm just being weird. Anyway, JP. Yeah. We should tweet at him after this and just be like, "Hey, can we call you JP?" That would be funny. I'm sure he get. I'm sure people call him JP all the time. Oh. That'd be interesting. Anyways, uh, so yeah, what did you learn from Mr. JP? <laughs> I can't even. I can't even be serious. What did I learn? Um, his first session was on how God speaks to His people. Um, and I thought that was a really great topic because that's something that I think a lot of people are confused about mm-hmm. th- these days. Because it's very common for someone to say, God told me, just to use that in general. So yeah, if you've ever heard someone say, God told me, you, well, let's just say you probably have, because it's just something that people tend to say. Um, And I think for the most part, what people mean by that is that like, like God put something on their heart um, or maybe like illuminated something in scripture to them where they understood mm-hmm. something more. Um, but sometimes you do get the occasional person that uh, is actually meaning what those words sound like they mean. Uh, which is that God like audibly spoke to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he basically just went into how God actually speaks to his people, which is through scripture, um, not divine revelation um, or an audible voice. Like, he definitely speaks, but he speaks through scripture. Yeah, I yeah, I think that was a really important distinction that he made, definitely, is, I mean, like you just said, th- that people can use the same words to mean different things, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, yes, we do believe that the Holy Spirit illumines his, his scripture. Right. So he's the one who teaches us the scripture, um, and we cannot understand it apart from the holy spirit so yes uh, yeah like like you said we do agree that god speaks to his people um it's just that that can mean different things Mm -hmm. unfortunately um and i think i think not only are the definitions confused just in terms of words but i think people's understandings then get confused as well um because they they would believe that those are the same thing right. that God actually um, 
teaching us what the scripture means is the same as him speaking to us, maybe not necessarily audibly, but through you a know. revelation, like a special revelation. Right. Yes. And that's the other word that he used. Yeah. Is is revelation. Um, so there's a different between difference between illumination and revelation. So revealing new truths as opposed to um, illuminating what is already there. Right. Right. And I believe that that can also include like modern applications of the scripture. I'm I'm cool with saying that God, you know, allowed you to understand how to put his word into practice mm -hmm. in a different culture. In an age like no other generation before us has had Facebook. Right. <laughs> so how do you apply the truth of scripture in your interactions on Facebook? You know, I, I think it's okay to say that the Holy Spirit teaches you how to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we, we just live in a different culture, and, and I think that, that God does that. You can say that God, this is where it gets weird. I was going to say, you can say that God has, has spoken to you through his word on how to do that as well. Again, it's, it's just, I feel weary even saying that, wary, not well, weary, because wary. that word has a specific meaning. Right. I mean, when you say speaking, like, that is a verb. Right. That includes frequencies and, <laughs> yeah. like, Speech. audible, yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it can be misleading. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Misleading. And I, I think that confusion is what kind of leads to... Um, the idea of uh, revelation from God being a common thing. You know, just, just the whole like charismatic idea that you can hear from God and that he does give revelation, that there is prophecy that he still gives today. And, we, and we've talked about these things in our viewpoint on them as well in previous episodes i can't remember the names because i always name things off the cuff and <laughs> they're always weird and based on what we talk about in the episode so sorry um but i know that we've if you if you search through our previous episodes for something about prophecy i'm sure i mentioned something about prophets uh in the episode title <laughs> But basically, we don't believe the prophecy is something that God still gives. Um, that revelation is not something that God right. gives. New revelation, excuse me. We don't have prophets right. today. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that that was really helpful for him to, to early on just kind of define his terms. Um, again, because I think there, there are people that if they don't have these terms defined, then they would take you saying that, no, like God doesn't speak to me and, and you meaning something like speech, something audible, um, meaning that there is no communication that God has with you, you know, that God doesn't in any way communicate. It's all up to you, you know, while you're here on earth and you'll, You'll get to see him and talk to him in heaven. Um, because, like, even even Peter's played clips by people who were talking about how, like, it's not a relationship if you can't, if you never talk, basically. Um, right. So that whole 
that whole like viewpoint i feel like is just uh it's misunderstanding it's a misunderstanding of terms Mm -hmm. yes i have an active relationship with god um he he teaches me Mm -hmm. he is molding me and making me into uh i'm trying i'm trying to make sure that i don't say anything wrong um because i am a new creature um because of salvation but he is he's making me more into the image of of his son Mm -hmm. um and so yes i do have a relationship with god that does not mean that i hear audibly from him right (laughs) yeah there are many ways that he communicates with me i say many primarily through his word but also through i think other people Mm -hmm. um i think through life circumstances i think there's general revelation as well that is not the same as special revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I th- I, yeah, I agree. I think that was really helpful. Yeah, especially just because there are some really common practices today, um, like contemplative prayer, mm-hmm. where it's like a you sit and you empty your mind, and mm-hmm. um, basically, like you're you're literally trying to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And there's just, well, first of all, there's no scriptural backing for that. There's, that's not found in scripture. Um, Mm -hmm. It's actually a uh, Middle Eastern pagan practice. um, It's where it originates. Yeah. Something that he said was that like prayer is not a two way street. Like you're not Mm going to be, it's not a conversation. Like God can put something on your heart while you're praying. He can, the Holy Spirit can remind you of um, truths in scripture or of scripture verses. Yes. While you're praying. Um, but it's, you're the one talking, <laughs> mm-hmm. not God. Um, and yeah, there's, there's just no, there's no example in scripture of, someone just sitting and trying to hear the voice of God. Like when God wants to make himself known, he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, the disciples asked Jesus how to pray and he told them. So, yes. <laughs> and it didn't have to anything. Have, it didn't have to. Blah, 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 blah. And it didn't have anything to do with sitting and emptying your mind and trying to hear God speak to you. Mm hmm. I I agree. I agree. And yeah, when when he said that that was that was pretty powerful. Like the one uh, like example we have in scripture where Jesus specifically teaches us what we what we're to do in prayer. <laughs> he he didn't mention any practice like that. That said, I mean, okay, so I'm going to go a little off topic here, not not necessarily what Justin Peters talked about. Um, just kind of to throw out a disclaimer, I don't think there's anything wrong with like trying to push distractions out of the way and like get kind of the things of the day out of your mind and like put your phone on silent, uh, stop thinking about things that are, you know, nagging you and things like that and turning off noises and things like that and focusing on praying. Don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, 
but I do, and I, that's I think not that the that's the same kind of empty. Exactly. That contemplative exactly. prayer is right. Right. I, I, what I'm saying is like I think that that can actually be beneficial um, to to focus on actually praying, um, but I don't think you ought to go into prayer expecting to receive something from God that pertains exactly to whatever you're going through right. at this moment. And especially y- you shouldn't be seeking new revelation um, in prayer. Like you said, I think God can certainly bring scripture to mind and he can teach you how to apply that scripture as well. Um, but I don't think it sh- <laughs> I, I think this is what you were getting at when you said that it's actually a pagan practice. I don't think you should just sit there and wait to see what pops in your head. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what we see in scripture uh, when we when we look at prayer. Right. Um, that's not how God has spoken. Related to that, one of the things that that He talked about that Peter's talked about was the examples that we do have in scripture of God speaking. If you look at the um, the entire history that the Bible goes through, you know, whether you're old earth or young earth creationist, we can say at least 6,000 years, right? Um, we have 66 books of scripture that is God speaking through his people, mm-hmm. right? So that's, it, it, the Bible might look like a thick book to you, but that's over the course of 6,000 years. <laughs> um God does not speak as often as a lot of people think that he should. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he speaks, it is absolutely 100% clear to who he is speaking to. He's not a God of confusion. Exactly. He does not um, give... Yeah, he's not unclear in what he's attempting to communicate. Right. He can burst through any distractions you're facing. He can get your attention is what I'm saying. He spoke through a donkey. Yeah. Which yeah. is why like one of my pet peeves is when people are like, I don't know, telling some experience they had or, you know, some story. And they're like, and I think it it was God, but I'm not sure. But I heard this voice that said, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. Okay, if you're not sure, then it wasn't God. Because when God speaks, he is clear. He is not confusing. Like, nowhere in scripture, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when God speaks, is anyone like, oh, I'm not sure if that was God or not. Right. Like. (laughs) Right. It's it's more often than not people hiding from what God has said. Not uh, God being unclear and, and people wondering about what he wants from mm-hmm. them. Uh, yeah, so so I thought that was that was those were pretty interesting things that that are kind of just like well, duh. Now that he mentioned it, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Um, especially j- just in comparison, and a lot of what Peter's does is he takes a look at uh, modern kind of trends in evangelicalism as a whole. Um, and so I, th- I think a lot of the, where this was coming from, too, is just just you hear that um, because your relationship with God is emphasized and you should have a relationship with God, don't get me wrong, um, but because your personal relationship with God is so emphasized to this whole, like, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of deal, it's just assumed, like, so you ought to, you know, talk with him on the phone for three hours every night, like a boyfriend. 
you know what I mean? I'm I'm being hyperbolic here, but I'm saying like the picture that we have of boyfriend Jesus gets translated into how we ought to hear from him. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So forgive me for my uh, again hyperbole and um, borderline blasphemous, uh, <laughs> you know, descriptions. But I'm trying to describe what what I feel like a lot of even the way that a lot of evangelicals talk. Um, so, so one of the other things, so he did talk about how we hear from God and, and that was early on in his presentations. He also talked about the duty that we have to discern right from wrong. Mm -hmm. And this, I really appreciated as well. So full disclaimer, and I guess I should have said this at the top of the the episode is if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, me, I, I try really hard to kind of see things from, from multiple points of view i find myself kind of in the middle of a lot of um a a lot of perspectives like not necessarily taking one side that's not always a good thing don't get me wrong but um uh, all that to say is that i i don't agree 100 percent with everything that peters said and or um displays in his um in his presentations and things like that but I think by and large, I mean, I think I can say I agreed with 98% of what he said. You know what I mean? Um, I think he can be a little nitpicky. I understand I can be nitpicky in my areas too. So I'm not saying this to, to put him down at all. Um, but just just to say that, you know, we, we don't see things 100% eye to eye. And that's okay. <laughs> I can still learn from him. I still really liked what, what it was he did have to say. Um, I'm just not sure that I would always... Um, uh, say things the way that he says them or, or use the certain clips that he used and things like that. Um, so all that said, I really appreciated how he started off the whole conference with talking about, um, like what we just said, how God speaks and how we ought to discern right from wrong mm-hmm. and right teaching from false teaching. Because one of the things that, again, he, he kind of started off by talking about is that the dangerous thing about false teachers is that not everything that they say is false. Mm-hmm. That often they will, I mean, he even went as far as to say that they will they're, preach the gospel. Right, they, they're like close enough to the truth that it seems like the whole truth. Right, right. But then they mix something else in. right. And, and that's where, that's where the problems are. And, and I think, I don't remember him specifically saying that, but I, I do think that that's where we can see, and we've kind of mentioned this before, where we can see like God actually using, uh, I'll just say it, I'll be inflammatory, use a false teacher to bring someone to the true knowledge of saving faith. Um, I, I think we see that in things like Roman Catholicism. I think there are people who are actually saved who are Roman Catholics, despite the Roman Catholic teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that, oh, what was I going to, I mean, we talked about Bethel a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I I think, I'm sure there are probably some true converts, true um, Christians, fellow believers in Bethel churches. Uh, it's just a shame <laughs> that they met Jesus through Bethel Church. That Again, the, you've seen the episode Church in Scare Quotes because yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I could say that with a straight face. Um, so that, that said, I mean, I think 
um, that one, God is amazing and he can use, um, what is it? He can use crooked sticks to draw straight lines. Um, he can, he can use things like that, but we also ought to be discerning in what is truth and what is not the truth. Um, what is the gospel (laughs) and when we lose the gospel and what is true teaching and what is false teaching Mm -hmm. based on what God has revealed about himself, what he has actually said and spoken and what he's given us in his word. Um, and he, he kind of drove this point home with a couple scriptures that, um, I don't know, just, just piecing it together the way that he did again, was just, it was very compelling. Um, so a couple scriptures here that he brought up, just talking about discernment in general. So the, the one thing that I will say is that I think that word gets a bad rap, or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my own head. Because you think of like discernment bloggers and how they're all over the Christian space. And I... Some of them are... Bad. Very yeah. bad. Um, they're Who's looking for a they're, <laughs> gracious word. These muffins <laughs> are bad. Um yeah, no, they're just, they're spiteful and mean and yeah. hateful and do not um, portray the love of Christ for his church. Not all of them, but uh, unfortunately, some very popular ones, yeah. Right, and I think that that has made me grow weary of the whole lot of them, mm-hmm. which um, is not right either. Um, and it's so discernment, Why? why ought we to discern that was a very weird way of asking this question <laughs> um but he he gave some scriptures that talk specifically about discernment um so one of the scriptures that he talked about is in hebrews hebrews chapter 5 i'm going to read verses 11 through 14 where it says about this we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There's no way to get around that. (laughs) Like that's pretty straightforward (laughs) that God is saying you ought to grow up in the faith that mature believers who can handle the solid food of the word understand how to discern right from wrong. Right. Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Another chunk of scripture that he, he brought out that I found very convicting was out of Romans one. Um, I'm going to read it in the ESV and then we'll go back in the New King James because of the word that the New King James uses. Um, so it says here, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. 
Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Um, Foolish is undiscerning in the New King James. In the New King King James. Exactly. Exactly. That's the word. That word foolish in the middle of all of these, of this list of sins um, is the word foolish or undiscerning Mm -hmm. or without understanding, I Mm -hmm. believe is the way that the NASB translates it. So it's this idea of people who don't know right from from wrong. wrong, Yeah. Um, and this was really powerful when he shared it because it, it's just an encouragement that as Christians, we ought to be growing in grace and we ought to be able to tell a counterfeit. And we will. From the truth. Yes. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. Um, so don't reject uh, discernment. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to enjoy discernment bloggers, but I'm saying that um, it is good to discern to really be critical of what is being taught Mm -hmm. um it's a good thing it's not a bad thing that doesn't mean to be um you know hypercritical it it doesn't mean to share criticism all the time it doesn't mean to put people down um but it does mean that you ought to be able to compare what a so-called minister of the gospel is teaching with what scripture says right Um, and how do you be discerning is by knowing the word of God. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think those two kind of main things were such a great way to start off what the rest of his presentations were. Because th- from then, he he all his presentations kind of centered around different things that common, uh, popular, celebrity, false teachers are teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it kind of got to the nitty gritty and you really see some crazy going on um but i think again just by starting off and saying that discernment is godly it's what god will god will teach you how to discern and you ought to be discerning as mature believers um and also we know how god speaks and he speaks through his word and he will he will teach you his word with that with that foundation there then you can take a look at all these particular false teachings that are rampant. And again, I, I'll just, I, the, word, the term that I use is evangelicalism because I don't even know how to, what, what do you say? The modern American church problem I is- I mean, yeah, evangelicalism is a very broad yeah. term, so. Yeah, I think it's evangelical because it seeks to reach out. It's mm-hmm. not inward facing. Right. Like, uh, like say that, I don't know, like the Eastern Orthodox Church. Um, it is actually attempting to get some message out, even if the message is so convoluted. It's, you know, it's make wrong. some money and have <laughs> some wider teeth, y'all. Your best laugh is now. Um, <laughs> that was my terrible, terrible <laughs> Osteen impression. Um, yeah. So d- do you want to talk about any of the, the specific teachings or... Was there was there anything? What else did you learn from from JP? Um. Well, I've I've been kind of a Justin Peters fan for a while, so okay. this like wasn't most of what he said I've heard before. Yeah. Um, and I knew not all of the 
false teachers that he brought out, but because um, there were some that like were just like absolutely insane, and yeah, yeah I hadn't heard of them before. But um, so he did go into like um, basically the fathers of the Word of Faith mm-hmm. movement slash prosperity gospel. Um, uh, he mentioned, uh, Phineas Quim- Quimby and Essex Kenyon. Don't know if those were English, but <laughs> yes, those were the names. Um, and they were very, very focused on like, new thought and knowledge like Phineas Quimby um basically started Christian science um and Essex Kenyon uh was sort of the one to start the whole like speaking things into existence kind of thought mm-hmm. um and it's all just very all very gnostic to me <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um um but something that a lot of these uh teachers have in common is that like they don't they don't talk about sin or mm-hmm. repentance you know just it's just all about love in scare quotes mm-hmm. and having an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he definitely did go into the, yeah, the the beginnings of the word of faith movement and then kind of what has come out of that. And, and he did show again, a bunch of celebrity pastors (laughs) and, and people like that and just some of the crazy that they teach. So he talked about like, the little God's doctrine that mm-hmm. we are actually, because we're God's offspring, that means that we're also little G gods, which, ugh, I, I can't believe that someone would actually stand up and, and say that. Like you have no, I, it's kind of crazy. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have words. Like how I, you're supposed to be like the, the elder over people in your ability to know the truth. And like, that's what you believe. Your hermeneutic you is get there. <laughs> um, so Completely yeah. Off. And, and like you said, other things like, yeah, softening sin and things like that. Um, they talked about like your belief of Jesus and, you know, so things like modalism and denying the Trinity, right. denying Jesus's deity or his humanity, you know, that, he became human and lost his divinity, which doesn't make sense um, if you understand the atonement. But anyways, he talked about things like that. Um, that Jesus had to be born again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just crazy stuff. Uh, it, it, he also talked about some, I guess, less crazy things, but things that are more prominent in the well i'll just say it more like charismatic churches Mm -hmm. basically so he talked about um the charismatic gifts in general and what and he took a look at scripture and what it 
means from scripture and his his interpretation of scripture for things like tongues um what an apostle is mm-hmm. um you know continuationism versus cessationism he talked about spiritual warfare and if we haven't said this on the podcast um this is very very important do not ever pray to satan yeah uh, the whole like <laughs> his his joke about uh what is it? Binding Satan. Oh yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> well, but that's but that's like a really popular thought. Is like, well, wait a second. Let me let me at least explain oh, what, okay. what that okay, was. Okay. So so he he talked about how like there's all these people everywhere binding Satan. Well, who's letting him out? <laughs> like, how does he keep getting loose if everyone is over here binding him from everything? Maybe you should find the guy who's unbinding him and bind him first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Funny. So, <laughs> but that. that is a really popular. I mean, there was even a really popular movie that came out called War Room, mm-hmm. um, with Pris- Priscilla Shire, um, and that was there was a huge like climactic scene in that movie where she's basically like talking to Satan and telling him that. He has no power over her and she's not going to let him do blah, blah, blah or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I rebuke you and yeah. whatever. I bind you and whatnot. Um, but where in scripture do you ever see anyone talking to Satan besides y- God himself? Exorcisms. That's the only time that I can think of is like when the apostles were like, yeah, ex- exercising demons. Those are the only times I can think of people actually talking to demons, but they are like talking face to face with de- They are not praying to demons. Please Christian do not ever attempt to pray to a demon. That is stupid. And I, I if recognize you're talking to a demon. You're praying to a demon. Well, I'm I'm saying like, we see we see exorcism that's a little different than prayer anyways um i i was going to say I, this is like you said this is something that is common mm-hmm. um in churches to to bind satan or you know Which satan, we don't you, have the power you get out of here things like that um i i it, it I remember those types of prayers being prayed and I probably prayed those types of prayers when I was younger at one of the churches that I grew up at. Um, and I did not, it was not until I recognized that, Oh, in this moment, I am no longer talking to God. I am talking to Satan. Right. That I stopped doing that. So I recognize that you may just not understand that that's what you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. You may not even recognize that, oh, yeah, no, I'm attempting to actually speak with a demon. Um, please don't do that. Uh, anyway, yeah, anyways. Hope. Well, and we don't even have the power to bind Satan. Like, I don't, I don't understand where that even comes from. Well, where scripture says that, that whatever we bind in... What is it? Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What do we ever loose? Something, something to that effect. So scripture uses the the um, 
that idea of binding in heaven and on earth. Um, but you can't physically bind Satan. Like, I don't understand the... It, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, logically. Yeah. You ought to just pray to the one who has power. Right. Over Satan. It's it's a lot. It makes a lot more sense when you do that. Because um, you don't ever fight spiritual battles in your own strength. Right. Exactly. It's not because you don't have that power. Exactly. You don't have yeah. that strength. It's not your strength. Right. Right. Pray to God for for help. Pray to God mm. to fight on your behalf. Yeah. And spiritual he does. warfare is a real thing. Yes. But the one who wins the battle, wins the war, is God. It's yeah. not us. Yeah. So we have we need to pray to him yes. when we're in that warfare. Not trying to bind Satan. It's just it's just so it's so illogical. Like it just makes no sense to me. You can't bind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um and this was if, a soapbox that I climbed up on. If he could be bound, then why would anyone else need to bind him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it anyways. Yeah, it's just clearly, illogical. Clearly, Don't it's say ineffective. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so, and this is this is the soapbox that I chose to to climb on top of. So, I'm I'm getting down. When I we're done, um, I didn't mean to to go off on that entire diatribe, except to say uh, this this is one of the things that Peter's kind of talked about was spiritual warfare in general. I just wanted to stop real quickly and say, please, 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 don't ever attempt to talk to Satan. That's not that's not good. Um. And another thing that he talked about, which he actually spent a, a decent amount of time on, which I was a little surprised by, was the idea of heavenly tourism and, uh, you know, like books and popular media where people claim that they have gone to heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and then he compared and contrasted those, well, those accounts with each other and how they were contradictory. Yeah. Um, so someone's lying. Mm -hmm. uh, on top of that, he compared it with the only couple of people in scripture who had gone to heaven, like Paul, where Paul specifically says that he can't talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and even when he does like mention that he went there, he talks about himself like sort of in the third person, but doesn't even use his own name. So it's like, he's, He's so incredibly humbled by the whole experience that he doesn't even want to really associate himself with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly different than someone attempting to to get a book deal. Yeah. Out of uh, and and make a couple millions dollars. of money. Yeah. Monies. All the monies. So. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of these topics, and maybe they will be topics of other episodes in the future. I feel like they they deserve more time to kind of talk about them, but also give our opinions and, and kind of think through them, discern a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because we did actually purchase a, a DVD set from Peters as well. So looking forward to going through that. Um, but there, yeah, there was a lot that he talked about in, in the particulars. Uh, I kind of walked away with the, the kind of the main things were were 
some of the more foundational things. Now, there were definitely these light bulb moments of like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just not like, hey, yeah, we ought to discern. Like, it's, it's good. We ought to be able to pick apart people's arguments um, and, and clearly explain why they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and like these issues that uh, are pretty common, we ought to know really well because we ought to be able to give a defense as to why we believe what we believe and what scripture has right. to say about these things. Um, so those are some of the key things that I walked away with. How about you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, I mean, we do, we don't have clips to play. Um, you know, definitely, I would recommend checking out Justin Peters and his uh, what he does, his ministry. Yeah, you can just check um, YouTube and Sweet. look up uh, Justin Peters' "Clouds Without Water." Okay, it's on there. Awesome. Then we'll throw a link to that in the show notes so you can check out his stuff. Um, again, there are some things. There were a couple clips that he played where I was like. Uh, I feel like he's being a little nitpicky. I feel like the person in the clip might have been hyperbolic and he was taking it literally. Something like that. That said, I think it was it was also kind of irreverent. So there there are some things that I would not necessarily say is 100% on point. Um, but by and large, uh I I think he's got some really good stuff to say you can learn a lot from him because he clearly lays out his points. Mm-hmm. If you disagree with him, cool, but you ought to be able to also clearly lay out your points as to right. why you believe scripturally um, one way or the other. Yeah, and not just like, well, but I've actually experienced that, right. so it has to be true. <laughs> um, no, you have to be able to back it up scripture, friend. Yeah, yeah. Scripture trumps experience. Yes. Yep. That might be the most controversial thing we've said all night. Truth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So if you have any experiences you'd like to share with us, <laughs> you can share them with us at our email address. It's so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us. Our handle is at so talk to me podcast. Um, you can wait. So underscore talk to me. That's what it is. It's not So Talk To Me Podcast. That's our email address. <laughs> um, we also have a Facebook page that is So Talk To Me Podcast. And then I think we have an Instagram. Yes. I've just never posted on it. But yes, <laughs> we do have an Instagram. That is So Talk To Me Podcast, our Instagram. All right. Any uh, recommendations or anything you want to say before we sign off for the evening? Nope. Okay. Well, I, I do have a recommendation. It was a book that I read this week that um, one of my coworkers had talked about reading. And I was like, oh, hey, I've never read anything by Andrew Murray before. Um, but Andrew it's a short Murray. book. Yeah. It's a, more, a Puritan guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a that's short why that book. name sounds familiar. I'm like, that's Andrew Murray. He has two first names. Um, it, uh, it's a short book. It's called Humility. It was a huge gut punch. Um, I think I've heard the Jofo recommend that before. Okay. That's probably where I've heard it. That makes sense. It's funny because I've been reading some of Joe Thorne's books as well, and I could see it in, in some of the stuff that he says <laughs> as well, especially just just the focus on attacking pride because mm-hmm. um, that, that's what humility is about. There are... 
gosh, I feel like I have to preface everything and I apologize. <laughs> um, but with this as well, I, I think there are some sort of, not necessarily counter arguments, but there are some things um, I would say you have to keep in context when you read the book because he talks about like, like becoming nothing, you know, sort of this idea of less of you and more of Christ, like the less of you, the better, the more of Christ, the better. I agree in context that that is true. Like I know that nothing good lives within me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to be like Christ. I want to conform to the image of his son. Yes. I want to die to myself. Yes. But I don't think that means losing your personality because I think that God has created you a specific way with specific talents um, to accomplish specific things. For his glory. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so there were some times when I was reading it where I was like, I feel like this could be taken to the extreme. And I don't think that's what Murray is saying when when he writes some of these things. So that's the only caution I'll give. Outside of that, it is a fantastic book. Like I said, it's a gut punch. <laughs> um I I think I've talked about it on this podcast. I read a book about anger. Um, Where did gosh, you like find last it? Year. Uh, the, the audiobook. I got it on Hoopla. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like two hours. It's really short. Um, and of course, on t- two times speed, it's only one hour. So it's like <laughs> the, the same amount of time as a podcast. I don't um, know how you do that, but okay. Yeah. You get used to it. You get used to it. Um so I highly recommend that book. Um, it, it definitely brought to mind, oh, I was saying that I, I read this book on anger and I really identified in myself. I don't necessarily get like upset, smashing walls, yelling, kind of angry, but I think the kind of anger that I um, specifically lean towards is more of like an entitlement of like things ought to be this certain way and they're not. And I get frustrated and upset when they're not. And uh, that is a form of pride. And so reading a book about being humble and following Christ in Christ's humility and servanthood um, really kind of brought all that up of how I see the world sometimes and how I see um, how entitled I am. So uh, highly recommend Humility by Andrew Murray. Well, all right. It's Coolio. late. We need to go to bed. So with that, we're signing off. Episode 83. Go talk to your spouse. Bye. Peace. <laughs>